You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D-Ray Brinton, and you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. So today's going to be a very special end-of-the-year episode, which means we're doing the Sonic Breakdown Top 10 Hip Hop List of 2017. And just so you know what the criteria was or how we came up with this list, it was all hip-hop or rap albums that was released in the 2017 calendar year. So there's some albums that uh, were released late in December of last year that won't be making this list, unfortunately. But hey, that's just the way it goes. But we have a special guest, a fam of the podcast, Jason Terrell, who already uh, released his top 10 list that's on the SunnerBreakdown.com right now. So uh, thank you for joining this podcast with me again. Appreciate it again, man. I'm glad to share everything. Like I said, if you haven't checked out his article on the SunnerBreakdown.com, go check that out now. Before we even get into our top 10 list, let's let's give uh, the listeners a, a quick uh, breakdown of our honorable mentions. All right, I, sounds good. Cool. I'll go first. And uh, my, I guess I'll put number 15 on the list is Sahid the Prince with uh, No Dope on Sunday. As I stated um, on the podcast that we did together, uh, the reason why for me that is not in the top 10 list, which originally at that time I thought it might be, is it just didn't quite stick long enough. And there are certain tracks that, you know, were kind of misses to me, as well as my expectations of it was that it was going to be themed around uh, the new Africa, which was a single. And the, that kind of threw me off. Um, so that's why it quite didn't make uh, the top 10 list. What about you for your, your first honorable mention? All right. So the first one was uh, the Joy Badass, All-American Badass Project. Uh, good album, good concept. Um, for me, I think he was trying to reach um, for a new sound, so to speak, like a lot of radio play records. I always liked Joey's from, from when he kind of started, but didn't necessarily feel this one the most. And I ended up buying the album and everything, but it just wasn't, uh, didn't make the top 10. I got you. My next one was Collaborate, and the album that he released this year was Real Person. For me, just to give a little background on my history with Collaborate, is I first found out about him this year as well, but it was his album that he released last year called 1993. And when I heard the track called August 28th, I was basically instantly hooked, and I started going back through his discography. And then this album, Real Person, came out uh, this year, and I think it's a really well-done project. It wasn't a disappointment. The thing that kept it from getting in that top 10, it was uh, a little too short for me. All of my standout tracks are the the first three to four uh, songs, which was uh, Caught Up, Soul, and Bank Robber. But uh, we are also working on an interview with him in 2018. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. everybody out there, put that good word in for your boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so the next honorable mention is the Underachievers Renaissance. Um, I'm kind of a big UA fan. Um, have gone to like a lot of their concerts and really was like excited and anticipating this album. But for some reason, it, it didn't stick for me. Um, I've heard it. I actually heard him, haven't heard him actually tour this one, but I've heard him to his past project. And, you know, I support him. I rock with him. I got some of the paraphernalia, some shirts, but, you know, so I'm, I'm going to put him on the list because I, you know, I, I enjoyed them and that's what they do. But for some reason, this album just didn't hit it for me. Okay. I remember uh, us talking about it. Um, I, at the time, I thought it was a, a good album, but similar to you, it just, it just didn't stick, which yeah. which yeah. is similar to my number 13 on this list, which is Raekwon the Wild. And I know Wu-Tang fans out there are going to kill me, but uh, 
I'm a Wu-Tang fan, always have been, always will be. And to me, Raekwon, he, this album is very reminiscent of the Purple album, as I said in the podcast that we did. But again, it just, I just don't go back to it often enough. Um, and again, that tells me something. If I don't go back to it often enough, there's something about it that's not making me want to go back to it. Uh, but I, what I will say is that Marvin is one of my tracks of our songs of the year on, on that list of songs of the year. I think it was just that well done. I just I really, really enjoyed that album or that that song in particular. It's just, you know, actually didn't have this on my honorable mentions or my top 10, but I liked the project and Marvin was one of my one of my favorite songs. It was one of those things where I listened to it once, just had to listen to it since the first time I listened to it, you know, so. But I love Marvin, love that song. Mm. The next honorable mention, rather, is the David Banner, the Godbox. You know, David Banner had a lot of like, he was touring about this particular album, just, you know, garnered a lot of hype. He partnered with like Umar Johnson and you know, he partnered with Big, you know, Killer Mike and was was doing like tours all over the country just talking about black consciousness and um buying black and you know, I got a new haircut and everything. Like he was he was on it. I thought I was uh I was hoping that the album was gonna come hidden just because there was a lot of just noise around it. And for the most part it was all right. It was you know, it wasn't like it was ten track or uh, track every single track wasn't necessarily a banger. Some tracks seemed like it was actually forced. It wasn't really cohesive. You know, one or two songs was on there that was like I, I really, really enjoy, but for the most part, the other ones are forgettable, for the to, to say the least. So, for as much noise that he had around the album, I was hoping that it would be a lot, uh, a better project. It just wasn't it for me, but it was good. It was dope. I appreciated the theme. That's going to be my honorable mention. Yeah, it, it was close to making my honorable mention, but quite not close enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again. um, I I didn't I went to it like one well, I'll say two or three times when it first came out just to really trying to you know get a feel of it I never went back to it since that point. What I'll say is for my next honorable mention, which is number twelve, is Rick Ross "Rather You Than Me." And early in the year, I thought this would be definitely in the top ten just because of Rick Ross's consistency and the sophistication and elegance that he has in his production, where it makes you feel like you're listening to something expensive with every album. Due to some of the songs. Um, that just quite didn't hit with me. They were a little bit too trappy. I made them. It, it just it just didn't quite get there for me. Um, so that's why it's my honorable mention. One more. I got okay. I got one more honorable mention. I think my last honorable mention, and uh, I actually didn't have this on the article that I wrote, but something I thought of kind of from our previous conversation was actually Tyler, um, Tyler's album. So I completely forgot about Tyler's album. I enjoyed it. It was a good sound, good listen. And, I, you know, it was different from his last his other projects. This was a lot more melodic, a lot, a lot smoother, uh, a lot more melody to it. But it didn't stick for um, necessarily a top 10. Or, but, you know, definitely a good project. I recently heard it on, um, I think it was like the, the NPR Tiny Box, the Tiny Concert Series thing. But Tiny Desk. Yeah, Tiny Desk Concert. Death, yeah, and it was dope. Yeah, it was dope. I mean, love the instrumentation. I love what he has with live music. Anytime you have rap over live music, I'm a fan, even if he was, even the Tyler style, so to speak. So I enjoyed it. My number 11, which kind of was a surprise or a shock to me when I was making the list, is that Logic is, he didn't make the top 10. And that's uh, the album that I'm referring to is Everybody. I, I still think this is a very good project. I go to it often. I listen to it uh, uh, from beginning to end. 
the thing that kept it from getting into the top 10 is, as I stated on the podcast that we did about it, or the episode that we did about it, was that there were certain tracks where it just felt like he was talking too much for me. I wanted him... It's not the fact that I had a problem with the content that he was talking about. is It just withdrew me from the music. I'd rather him rap, sing it, find uh, some some way to to present it uh, that wasn't in talking. Because it, it, it felt like it pulled me out of the album where I wanted to be in the album. I wanted to stay in the album, stay in that place, stay in that that area. But I think the theme was very well done. It was consistent. To me, Logic is uh, lyrically skilled, um, so that's not in question. And I like his creative approach to that particular album. But again, that's what really pulled it away from me. And I remember you saying that uh, at, at the time when we did that podcast as well, is that the, his, uh, the content was kind of what held you back away from that album, correct? I, I didn't. I didn't really connect with a logic album. Maybe it's like the space theme, and you know, <laughs> I like Neil Grad. Neil Grad titles on it were cool. It was, just, it was too much for me. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was too much for me. So I, I didn't connect with it on a uh, just on a on a thematic level. I get it. I, I know I get it, but it's just not for me. <laughs> I couldn't connect with all the space space. You know, uh, you know, analogies and and you know, Star Trek kind of stuff. You know, this just wasn't my thing. But Hey, I think he's a dope rapper. I don't take nothing away from him. So he probably be my top twenty of the year, top fifteen, no, top twenty of the year rather. But this wasn't a didn't make my honorable mention. Now that we've gone through that, let's go into the top ten. Everybody's been waiting for it. They want to know what what what's our top ten. Let's start with number ten, and uh, I guess I'll kick it off. My number ten was Static Selector, number eight. This was. A surprise as well is the fact that it was a late release, so it was, it was late to the party, but it was well worth being at the party. Um, I really enjoyed the production. It has that golden era of, uh, of New York hip-hop with that jazz influence throughout it. The features to me were well done. They fit, even though there was a lot of features, but that's what you would expect when you get an album that's made by a producer who's not a rapper. So, But it didn't feel, none of them felt forced or that they were trying to make the people combine. They just worked together well. One of my standout songs for this album was Put Jewels On. And that would, the reason why I really enjoyed it is because the when you listen to the project, production, it has a James Bond feel uh, to me. Like, I, I can see it in a James Bond movie. Actually, they should use it in the next James Bond, and they should have Idris Elba <laughs> as James Bond. But side note, <laughs> um, besides the production on, on that particular track, Killer Mike and LP kill it. Uh, they both flow over it perfectly, making it my favorite song of the album. But again, there's a lot of standout tracks on that album, so that's why I made the the top okay. ten. Okay, that's a bit. I haven't um I haven't heard this album, but definitely want to uh, give it a listen to. My my favorite, uh, at least the top ten, rather my number ten was Gucci uh, Mane's Mr. Davis. So um, I had to pick like a trap trap album on there. I listened <laughs> to a couple of trap trap albums throughout the year, um, but this one made the top ten. One just because of the replayability. Every track was kind of a banger. I was able to listen to it from start to finish in the gym while I'm driving. He just came back from, from a long, like, jail or prison sentence. So trying to change up his image, even changed up his, his flow was a lot clearer than before. Before, Gucci was, like, the original mumble. But as you can hear what he said, very introspective for, on this one. So I appreciated it for what it's worth. It wasn't necessarily lyrical, but it was just good, good sound and music. I just appreciated it for the music. So that's my number 10. Okay. I, I to be honest with you, I listened to that Gucci Mane album once, and that was it. But 
And I, 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 I try to go into it with the open mind because, but it, that's just not in my wheelhouse of, of sounds that I, I tend to like. I'm not, I'm not a trap guy, but I would say this. Yeah, yeah. What I will say is, and this is going to be a quick side note, is that out of the trap albums of this year, I would put that number two for me. Number one would be um, Two Chains, uh, Pretty Girls mm. Like Trap Music. What you think of uh, Issa? Did you put that? Uh, is that not on there? Oh no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Twenty one, twenty one ain't making it. Gucci and Issa. Yeah. <laughs> twenty one was he, was he was almost there, but uh, maybe another time. <laughs> yeah, nah, twenty one. Nah, he he ain't make it for me. But <laughs> he's not even in my top twenty. So um, <laughs> let me. Uh, I'll go to my number nine, and my number nine is Odyssey. Odyssey is a, a artist that I found out about November, about this time last year, uh, with the Good Fight, and then I started going to discography, and then he released the Iceberg this year, which I thought was really well done on the concept of you know that Iceberg theory of breaking down things to the deeper, getting past that surface level type of things, and, and breaking things down, you know, deeper, and. That was one of the tracks that I liked the most was the title track, or not the title track, but the intro track, Digging Deep, just because he kind of breaks down that theme for those that might not understand that concept and presents it and sets the tone for the album in a very well done way. The other aspect about this album that I really enjoyed was the fact of the jazz, um, the jazz sounds, the real instrumentation as well. And then when I heard the live version of it, I, I grew to love the album even more. So I definitely check. Uh, people should check out the live version of this album as well. Um, but the things that really stuck out on about this album was how smart and intricate analysis of the tougher issues of like police brutality, gender equality, and race relations that that he that he dives into throughout this album. He makes it personal, but he also makes it societal and cultural. Uh, so it just felt like a nice balance between those two worlds. Digging deep, uh, built by pictures, and like really are the my favorite tracks of this album. Okay, I actually haven't checked that out Odyssey before. I hear a lot of people talk about talk about these on like you know hip hop reviews online. Um, haven't checked this music out, but I definitely will. Yeah, he, he's dope, man. I I, I I I tell everybody they should check him out. Um, number nine was Taha. I know you you mentioned that your your honorables. Uh, I'm putting my number put it as my number nine just because of um just because of the theme. So the theme of uh other music was really rooted in religion. Really, you know, rooted in like the South, Southern culture at least, kind of like protecting the Sabbath and keep it holy, kind of that mindset. So because of that, I rock with the Sahaja, the dope lyricist in and of itself. So on a lyrical level, I mean, every track hit. The thing that, you know, the reason why it wasn't higher for me was because of the features. Didn't like a lot of the features and the flow was a little off. Some of the tracks I didn't think fit, um, but for the most part, it was a dope project. Um, so yeah, so I liked it. It was good for you. Yeah, it just wasn't good enough for me for this one. <laughs> Again, I think Sahai is still a, a dope artist, and I'm still um, looking forward to his next project. Number eight, I have Tyler the Creator with Flower Boy. And this really was a surprise to me. If you would have asked me throughout the year, do I think that it would have made my top 10? I would have probably said no. Um, but when I started to break down and make this list, and I was going through all the albums released, I really, really enjoyed the production on this album. And when you say stuff like that, I don't want people to take away and think that his lyrics aren't aren't good enough or that it's, it's sliding his lyrics. It's just that the production was that well done. 
And mm. the fact that he did it, I just felt the, the arrangements were so beautiful. The dynamics in individual songs was just, uh, it just took you places without even words. Uh, I just thought that was, it just, it was to me, it was just really a beautiful arrangement and production um, and, and something that I did not expect from Tyler. Um, so I think that might have also added to, to why it made it so high on this list. That's what, that's a bit. So my next one was uh, Smino. My number eight was uh, Smino Black Swan. So Smino is a brand new artist. I, this is my first time ever hearing hearing him. And I don't really know how I even found out about it. I forget how. Um, but this was like the first time, being, first project that I've heard from him. And automatically off like track one. And I was addicted to his flow, his cadence. is very unique. He's almost like a, I kind of described Anderson Pac-ish, but has like a, have a rap vibe to him. But definitely has like a flow of cadence that's, that's really unique. Um, it was kind of low on the list, and then it's number eight, but um, very short. Every song was every song was about two minutes a piece. Um, so I wish it was a little longer. The album was very short too, so very short, concise. But uh, it was really no room for error, and he didn't really give me any errors either. So because of that, that's why he's at number eight. Okay, I feel that. I did listen to that album. I did enjoy it, but that's what kind of took it away from me is the fact of how short it was. One of the things, like I like I like I've said before, is that uh, the shortness or how short it was made me think: Is it because you didn't have enough content to fill in the the space or artistic quality to fill it in? Uh, I don't know because again, this is the first project I've heard from, him, so I don't I have nothing to base it on uh, or to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I will say this: I am interested to in see what his next project is like and what it sounds like. I definitely mm-hmm. will check it out. So yeah. Number se- or for number seven would be uh, GQ with East 14th. GQ, for those that out there that might not know him, he's an Oakland mm-hmm. uh, rapper. He's from Oakland. And I first heard about him uh, listening to Rhapsody's album. And if anybody's listened to this podcast the last two years, Rhapsody is, has been on that list two years in a row. We'll see if, she's made, if she makes it three years in a row, you know. But she, she definitely has been on there twice. And then I heard him on that album... And that made me want to hear more from him. So I checked out his album, which was released not too, I think a week after hers was released. And I was not disappointed for this debut album. Um, Ninth Wonder and his crew did most of the production, which means you know it had heat on it because uh, Ninth Wonder is a beast. And then when you match that with his lyrics, he just flows so effortlessly and it's approachable. And he also has a, a melodic tone that makes it really easy to listen to. And it gives it a high replayability for me. So even if you're not really paying attention to the lyrics, you still feel a connection to his words adding to the production. Um, but then when you take into account what he's actually saying, uh, it just makes, it, it resonates with me, especially uh, some of the things that he talks about is specific to Oakland, but I feel like anybody in my age range or younger can still relate to it, uh, just the way that it's presented and the topics that he chooses to talk about. I'm very excited and interested to see his growth and to see what this next album sounds like. Because, uh, to be honest, I've had this album on repeat uh, since, it's, since it's released. Some of the standout tracks uh, is, I think it's track number two, Everything is the Same, and Can't Run. That's really what set the bar for me for this album. Can't Run was the song that like I just instantly gravitated to, and um, it highlights his wordplay to me. Uh, when I was first listening to it, I instantly tweeted. It was like, okay. When I heard Can't Run, I was like, okay. I'm definitely, I have to finish this album out now. <laughs> and I, again, I wasn't disappointed. So I definitely say people should check that album out and uh, give Oakland some love. 
So sorry, Oakland star, man. I haven't heard of him. Um, but I, I definitely uh, get with you to, to check that out. Um, so my number seven was uh, Meek Mills wins and losses. So um, I've missed Meek Mills, but <laughs> I haven't been a big Meek, uh, big Meek fan just because um, I've always at least the, the tracks that I've heard was like I me mean, just yelling, <laughs> and so I couldn't really get I couldn't really get with it. Uh, so this is actually the first time I just sat down and listened to the full project. Um, maybe it's kind of like you and Tyler, but this is the first time I heard um, actually Melody's flow. The songs were different. It was still very kind of aggressive. Uh, you know, I consider this like my motivation music for 20, 2017, but I do listen to it start to finish. Um, the song on there that I really like stuck out to me was 1942 Flows, um, yeah. just because, I mean, he, he, he spit. I mean, he, was, he went crazy. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm actually looking forward to his next, his next project when he gets out. So I'm looking forward to the next next thing that he does, but this this surprised me. So maybe just because I'm new to him, but I enjoy it. I, I definitely have to agree with you about uh, 1942 Flow. I think definitely that's the standout track of that album. That album would make my probably top twenty. Um, hmm. I say top twenty five, but uh, that 1942 Flow, yeah, that's definitely up there um, in in songs of the year. Um, to be honest, actually, I, I forgot about that that song until you brought it up. And yeah, it's it's definitely song of the year worthy. Mm. Uh, my number six album is Rhapsody. So she did make it three years mm. in a row, three albums in a row. She's a beast. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, there's really not much more I can say about Rhapsody that I haven't said on previous podcasts. I talked about her on Female MCs. I've talked about her on when we did the Nikki versus uh, Remy beef. I talked about her, like I said the last two years on the top 10 list. If you don't know she's a beast by now, there's nothing else I can tell you to make to make you get that. She is a beast. Lyrically, again, Ninth Wonder did the production on this. When I was looking at this list again, reflecting on this list, I was kind of shocked that she was so low, but the fact that she's number six just indicates at how great of a year in hip-hop this was. A lot of really, really good projects were released this year, and this was one of them. So I, I just say definitely check out her this album and without this album i wouldn't have found gq which was number seven as well as so mm-hmm. it's a crazy uh kind of kendrick put me on rhapsody rhapsody put me on gq like it's just crazy how that goes yeah but what i will say is definitely going to be one of the i say probably in my top 10 songs of the year is jesus coming um that's definitely my favorite song on this album and the reason why is i'm big on storytelling i'm really big on storytelling and she 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 comes through with this one. Just the storytelling ability, and it showcases showcases that as well as it's matched with with the soulfulness and level of reflection that the entire track evokes. Rhapsody, you did it again. And, and it, it's actually the same. That's actually my number, my number six as well. So I see that when we intersect. Rhapsody was dope, man. And I, I listened to a little bit of her music before because I love Mike Wonder. So I've heard I've heard some of his production before. And I heard her spit over like featured tracks. So this is my first time actually listening to a full-length album by Rhapsody. I love it. I mean, she can flow. She can spit. And, you know, for the most part, from start to finish, like every song, you know, I, necessarily, I couldn't necessarily relate to every single song, mm. but every song I, I, I played a strip to. Um, my favorite song on there was Pay Up. Just because I, I like how it was, uh, you know, it was catchy. Mm-hmm. I like the beat. was kind of It was kind of funky. Um, but again, she just spit it. She just killed it. Yeah. But I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing a lot more from her. I also like the song with her and Kendrick. I'm uh, going pa- back and forth. That was one of my favorites too. Power. Um, 
power. Oh man, that was crazy. I couldn't put on, you know, bad issues one. So, but power, that, that hooked me too. That was like one of the first like, one or two tracks that got me. But yeah, definitely want to look out. I'm looking for more from her. Number five. We're halfway through the list and we're getting to Joey Badass, All American Badass. He made my number five. Oh man. Oh um, man. <laughs> and the, the reason why I made my number five is because this album came out very early in the beginning of the year, I believe around January. And I still feel the same way that I did when I first listened to it that I do now. Like I enjoy it the same level and I've, I've listened to it often. Um, it's high on replayability for me. And not only is it that I really enjoy it, like the emotional connection that I felt with for my people, like even now, like I said, uh, that came out in January. And even now when I hear for my people, like I still feel that emotional connection, like it still like incites me wanting to do more for my people. Like, and, and I believe that was the purpose of that song. Like I still feel that. And it like really resonates and uh, gets deep into my bones when like of, of wanting to do, do more than what I am. You know what I mean? So I just really enjoy that aspect of it. And I, I think it's hard to make that emotional connection. And he, he, he did it. So I, I really did think he did a great job. Um, so again, my two favorite uh, tracks is for my people and American Idol. You know, again, I love Joey. He made my audible mentions, but uh, I'm surprised he thought he shut up so high for you. Yeah, I'm surprised. But yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, too. Yeah. Um, my number five was uh, J.I.D., uh, The Never Story. Again, mm. this is very similar to, to, to Smino. This is my first time ever hearing him. Didn't really know. When I heard him, I was kind of like, what, what is this? Like, trying to figure out where he's from <laughs> and what's his deal. I know he was signed to Dreamville, so I thought he had some type of, like, maybe New York influence or art. From New York, but from Atlanta, I mean, he's and he's just fit. Again, very unique flow. Never heard anything like him before. Um, almost like a high cadence, a high pitch tone. Yep. Reminds me a lot of um. I'm not gonna say it reminds me, but I put him in a category of Vince Staples, and that's another one that I probably is in my top twenty. But yeah, big um, fish theory. Yeah. Um, but you know, very kind of high flow, high cadence. He just made fits. So I mean, the song that I like was uh, Hereditary. I mean, shoot, just from start to finish, he just fits on the album. So J.I.D., I'm looking forward to everything else that he does moving forward. I'm glad that J. Cole has scooped him up early. I'm going to put him on. I'm looking forward to it. That that leads me right into my number four. Uh, J.I.D., The Never Story. Uh, <laughs> just basically, you took the words out of my mouth. Is That cadence is, is so unique. His, his his cadence and his his flow and the sound of it is so unique. And when I first heard it, I'm gonna be honest. When I first heard it, it was so it was so jarring. I was like, hmm, I don't I don't know. And now that I've listened to it more, of of course I like it because it's in the top four. But it reminded me of how I initially felt about Magoo or Q-Tip because their their mm, their yeah. voices are so different and so unique that and and I would say non traditional in what you would think of hip hop. That 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 it threw me off but i enjoy it so much that the melodic approach that he uses is just is very uh appealing to the air and usually you don't get that as a rookie you know what i'm saying usually that takes time to develop and you you get that from vets like q-tip you usually don't get that on a debut album which made it stand out even more to me his wordplay his lyricism is at an all-time high your heredity is 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 great and then the album has the album doesn't have one tone, but it still fits together. It doesn't feel like, you know, like it was just a compilation of things put together that sounded good. It felt, it felt consistent, but had many different tones. Because um, if you think about like Heredity, then you got Ed, Ed, and Eddie, 8710, 
and somebody. Yeah. All of those tracks sound very, very different than each other, but the album feels right together. But I'll say my favorite track is louder. Okay. Just I to me that boy goes in on that track like. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I believe J Cole did the production on that. I just felt like to, it matched perfectly together, and especially close out the album just right. You know, it's actually funny. So when I first heard it, I was kind of the same. I was kind of taking, a little taken aback, just in shock. Like, what is, what am I listening to? It took me maybe to like my fifth or sixth list. I kept giving it a try. I'll come back to it a couple of days later, and it, it just hit me. I was like, oh, this is, this is crazy. Um, and I'm looking forward to whatever he does next. Mm-hmm. Number four is uh, Jay Z four four four. Man, this is, uh, I love love this album. I love this album for um, high replayability. It's just smooth. It's something I can just sit back and just think and reflect on. A lot of that was because Jay-Z did a great job of being introspective and kind of talking about um, his life experiences. But, I mean, for the most part, it was just beautiful. Like, uh, the song 444, um, I love, like, the instrumentation. Beyonce's voice on it was crazy. I just loved it. So as far as, like, albums for the culture, like, (laughs) after the Jay-Z, if he retires and and this is, like, the last project we're left with, I'm perfectly satisfied with it. This is one of our one of my favorite albums and will probably be on something I'm probably play for the next 10, 15 years, you know? So I enjoy it. And that takes me to my number three, Jay-Z 444. <laughs> Basically, it's all the things that you just mentioned, um, I just felt like the the perspective that Ho presented isn't new from Jay-Z, but it, the thing that was new was the level of openness that he presented. Because he always gives you facts and, I mean, not facts, but he always drops knowledge on you about how to improve your situations and it ties it back to his life. But it's usually at, uh, as I think I said on the Jay-Z 444 podcast that we did, that he usually keeps you at arm's length. I, I feel like he didn't keep us at arm's mm-hmm. length. He, he let us in. Like we're, we're all, we, we part of the family now. Like blues, my, yeah. <laughs> blues, my niece now, you know what I'm saying? That's how <laughs> like we all part of the family. And he let us into that, let us into his world in a different level than we did. Um, like you have a smile with uh, where he talks about his mother, Gloria, being lesbian. We would never have got that before. So I just like that level of openness that he that he put here. Um, but basically, like you said, I can't really add much more to that. 444 was one of my favorite tracks. And then Kill Jay-Z, just because mm, of yeah. the, the idea of killing your ego, I, I just thought was really, really interesting and and. <laughs> It sparked this album sparked a whole series of Jay Z footnotes that we did for the podcast. Um, so definitely go check that out. So it, it was that deep that it inspired um, a whole series for our podcast. So it's crazy because I mean, as he gets, this is what I want to hear from an older artist. Like he's like forty, pushing fifty, closely close by. Um, so this is exactly what I want to hear from an old artist. Just games. Yeah. I mean, like killing your ego. Those are things that I'm sure a twenty year old really. They're just trying to figure out themselves so they can really kill them. Hopefully, you know, you can kind of um, kind of have an ego death. I really appreciated that, um, like you mentioned. Number three is uh, Crit. It's a big Crit. Forever is uh, a forever mighty, is long, a mighty time. long time. And I love that. I <laughs> like double, double, you know, two did. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed the second half. So Justin Scott was the second half. So the second half, I can play front to back. The first half was great. And I'm actually starting to like it a lot more. Um, as I listened to it, but I mean, the second half was like melody and was flow. It was pretty just spitting. Like my favorite song was actually the closing of Justin Scott was a bear me in gold. Mm, um, yeah. just cause it talked about the idea of fame and how, you know, when you die, 
like you can't take it with you and how much he'll give everything to have you know all the all the fame and all the money in the world to see his grandma again and those those ideas and things of family are really key to me so I mean that's that whole album is like I, I love it man. I'm, a big, I'm a big Chris fan so I'm, yeah, everything he does I'm, I'm a champion it but he didn't disappoint and he didn't let me down on this one I would say I, I I did enjoy that album. It didn't make my top fifteen, but I would say it would be definitely in my top twenty. Wow! And, and I also think that a part of that is because, just like you said, I I, I enjoyed the second half better than I did the first half as well. Um, but I think similar to you, I think I think that's a, the type of album that you have to kind of grow with. At least for me, the more I listen to it, the more I tend that I I started to like it more and more, and so. We'll see moving into next year, you know, how I still feel about it. But to me, that's also another sign of how good an album or how great an album can be is how 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 it lives with you. And that's why, again, that's why I put Joey Badass so high because it came out so early in the year. And for me to still have that feelings that I did, it just it just means that, like I said, it just it held on with me. And we'll mm. see if that happens with Big Crit. My number two is Again, it's going to be a surprise for a lot of people. Kendrick Lamar, damn. Um, uh, Kung Fu Kenny didn't Kung disappoint. Kenny. Yeah, he didn't disappoint with this album. Even though, to me, this is the closest thing that we've gotten from uh, Kendrick that's uh, mainstream or pop-ish, if we were going to ever claim any of his albums to be that way. It's, it's the closest in that lane to me, which made it accessible, but I don't feel like he compromised himself uh, with this album. So that, that's another important factor for me. My favorite track is Feel. Mm, yeah. Just the the pulsing of the drums to the groove to uh, K-Dot questioning everything and everyone, which is something that like we all go through. And every time I hear it, it feels like like my inner voice is speaking through him. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like a, that connection. Yeah. Like, like certain things that he's saying on there is, you know, certain things that we all say to ourselves, like, like, damn, nobody's praying for me. Like, just like, it just really resonated. It, it's... Yeah, it just has a gravity to it that just pulls you in. And once you're in there, you're there until they until the track's mm-hmm. done. Fear is another standout track to me. And then Duckworth. Again, as I stated before, I'm big on storytelling. And <laughs> you can't really get no better story than, than Duckworth. Yeah. So yeah. the the fact that they use three different samples for the progression of the production of Ninth Wonder... Uh, the the details and the intricacy of the story, the twit, the M, M Night Shyamalan twist at the end, it just it, it had everything in it. It just it had everything yeah. in it to be a closing track, um, and so that's why I made number two. And Kendrick, similar to Rhapsody, has been on the list three years in a row. And I do want to mention something um, real quick: is that J Cole would have made this list, but the fact is, unfortunately, his album came out in 2016. <laughs> Jago would have probably made the list. I don't know how weird he would have been. I wasn't the biggest fan of um, the last project, but that's probably another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was all right. It was, it was cool. Kendrick was my number two as well. So for all the reasons that you just mentioned, like big Kendrick fan, I think I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I mean, everything was perfect. I think from start to finish, it was a different feel. And every album, he gives me something different. So, I mean, you have... You know, this was completely different from Tip of a Butterfly, which was completely different from Get Kid Mad City. And it was, the feeling of it was different. The energy was different. Yeah. Every year, I'm like, I'm, I'm surprised every single time. It's like, yo, where, where, where was this? What is this? Where, where, where is this coming from? My favorite my favorite track was Feel, just because it was that deep, introspective 
you know, something you can just sit with and, and just think on. Something that we all think about um, is about trying to say, who's praying for me, who loves me. You know, those things are just pretty powerful. So have no complaints, nothing wrong with the album. I loved it. I could probably continue playing it. So I'm, I'm you know, Kendrick's one of those artists where I, I'm not even going to say I'm looking forward to his next project. When, whenever he feels like dropping an album, I'm kind of ready to receive it. Yeah. So this leads us to the number one album of 2017. I, I believe we have the same album as our number one, but... <laughs> it seems like it. <laughs> I had to go with Freddie Gibbs, man. You only live twice. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, I play this album. I play this album out, man. It is, to me, it just, it just so, it's so good. <laughs> it's just really so good. Um, it, it has a high replayability, uh, amazingly soulful production, cohesive theme, introspective storytelling. It got funny parts when you got Black Jesus. I mean, you got Black Jesus. How can you not like it? Yeah. <laughs> um, the other things that, like, each time I play this album, like, I, I, I have to play the whole album just due to how good it is. Yeah. I, I have to play the whole album, and I, I play it from beginning to end. And then when I get to the end, I'm like, damn, I wish it, I wish it was longer, but I, I wish it was longer. More. Yeah, I yeah. wish it was more in a good way. I don't feel like I was cheated. It's just like, man, give me some more. Like, so I'm very excited and anticipating his next album and see where he goes from that because I think the thing that also added to this album was a culmination of a lot of things going wrong for him and going right for him in, in a small time period. As, yeah. as well as like he just puts out he puts out his downfalls trying to inspire others to follow in their own path. Not to follow in his path, but to pointing out, like I said, his downfalls, but saying, you know, like they got that part with um, uh, Black Jesus saying, you know, don't sell rocks. You a chef, you, you know, make some yeah. creme brulee, my nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't have to do what everybody anticipates you or wants you to be. Like, find your lane and, do and, you. and do you. And that's fine. Um, I just like that motivation aspect of it, but as well as the real components of it. That's really what resonated with me. And Freddie yeah, Gibbs it's, it's, is a lyricist. It makes the same, man. I mean, that's that's it right there. This is uh I've had a lot of conversations, long conversations with just friends and homeboys about how the black Jesus kid about, you know, stay in your lane, do what you do, don't try to do everybody's stuff. I mean, I, there's been like months at a time where I just listened to nothing but Freddie Gibbs, like as I'm working or just thinking and um, you know, it's motivational, it's like inspirational, it's like talking about his own thoughts, sharing some successes. Everything about the album is perfect. And I left the same. Every Every time I'm like, damn, I wish it was more because it was short. It wasn't that many tracks. So every, you know, it was like, yeah, every single time I played, it's like, all right, when is, I want more. I've been going, I've gone back and listened to like every single Freddie Gibbs song. Like, I've been, I was on a Freddie Gibbs, you know, Freddie Gibbs bench for a minute, <laughs> just trying to get more, um, more from him, more of his story. I want to hear more. And so I'm, I'm actually like, I'm looking forward to some of his stuff. Like, I want, I want so much more music from him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was, this was my favorite album of the year. Yeah. Same, same. My favorite album of the year. Um, Alexis and Crush Glass were really standouts to me because of the lyricism, the cadence, and just like the breath mm. control um, that he had. Uh, yeah. And and I didn't even think about the breath control until I saw the Black Thought uh, freestyle, that 10-minute freestyle. And, you know, mm. people kept on bringing that up. And then, I was, and then I started to re-listen to the top 10 albums again. And I started listening to that Freddie Gibbs. And I was like, yo, that, the, the breath control he had on that, that um, Alexis, like... It is it, it again. It shows that high level of of craft skill. 
Yeah. And I, th- I think he slept on. Uh, this album should be uh, praised more than it has been. Um, but he's getting the love here. Um, yeah, and Andre and Chris Glass are my two favorites. Yeah. Um, I mean, shoot, he just, like, everything from the production to the lyrics, like, everything was just smooth. I loved it. Soulful, you know, I loved it. Even, like, the single he sings on his, on his hook. Yeah. All of it was great. So, hey, he, I remember one of his, his you know, his uh, interviews, he was like, you know, you don't know what a Gary nigga sound like. He's from Gary, Indiana. This is kind of the first time us hearing <laughs> from somebody from his neighborhood, you know, sound like he if anybody sounds who he sounds like, and nobody sounds like that, very um, true with that flow. So and, and storytelling as well, like yeah, he can. I can close my eyes and see and visually see everything. Yeah, I, um, when he's talking very vivid pictures. Yeah, when he's talking about uh, and see the and I want to bring this up now that I just thought about it too. He had sections where he talks as well, but mm. it, it just felt different than it felt with Logic. It just felt it just, yeah. there's just a different feeling that I felt like I didn't feel like when he was when he's telling the stories about you know how uh, the book was in German so he couldn't read it and he like that really brought him down like like yeah. that hit me I was I like yeah I felt that too I was like and and you normally wouldn't think about like those little things mattering but he highlighted in a way where it, I was like damn that could he was like that could have broke it broke him down like like those those moments like again it didn't take me out of the album I was still in it even though he's talking and not rapping. Um, so yeah, again, this was, this, this was a great album. Again, I can't wait to see what, uh, what 2018 holds for Freddie Gibbs. And to be real with you, I can't wait to see what 2018 holds for just hip hop, because if this year was any indication of how 2018 was going to be, we're going to be in for some, some, some really good music. Yeah. yeah, It's the same. I think, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to every, everyone producing some amazing, amazing things next year. There's a couple of other albums that, a couple of, a couple of other artists that um, I wanted to release something this year, but didn't. One particular, J Cole. I'm I'm waiting. I want I want another J Cole project. Um, hopefully he comes out in 2018. But I'm there's a couple of artists I, I got on my my watch list. Like I'm, I'm waiting, waiting for you to drop something. But yeah, there's a couple. J Cole is one. Uh, Kanye. And, and to be real, I'm, I'm I'm really interested in that Pusha T album that's going to be produced by Kanye. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, that 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 really uh, sparked my interest. So uh, I guess we gotta wait till 2018 to find out. I was gonna say one album that I, I thought about that uh, I didn't hear you mention. I, I don't know if you're a big fan or not. Uh, what do you think of Big Sean's album? I decided. I en- I actually enjoyed. I decided better than be- better than I did Dark Paradise. Hmm. To me, which a lot of people say the opposite. Um, the reason why I liked I decided is just his the maturity of his content. He was really bigging up Detroit and really not not just bigging up it as a city, but really bigging up it from a a more social aspect of like empowering black people. Um, I thought was something it just felt deeper to me than than what I normally get from him. Uh, So that's what I enjoyed. I wouldn't say it definitely would make my top 20, but uh, I just I just thought it was just the content was just heavier. And that's that's more to to my liking. Okay. Okay. What did you think I, about I know that? a lot of people. Uh, I'm not a big Sean fan. <laughs> I tried. I tried a lot um, to get into him. I can't. I, you know, that's <laughs> maybe a one or two, one or two songs that I like from. Um, I think it was like Dark Paradise. Mm-hmm. I think that's the album title. Um, I think I forget the particular track about the grandmother that. Oh, I, I still listen to and go back. Yeah, I, I know. But for most, for most part, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. But I know a lot of people. 
have even hit me up about like, yo, like, what do you think of the Big Sean album? Um, it's not a, I'm not, there's not a big fan of him like that. Yeah, like I said, that, like I said, I just thought that he he showed a lot of growth on that album, and it made me excited to see what he has coming up next for his um for his album to see if he stays on that that path or if he goes back to like a dark paradise. And I'm yeah. I'm not counting the the Metro Boomin album that they did. Oh heck no, <laughs> nah. So I, I tried to get into that one. I couldn't can't get into it, but. Um, a lot of people will be surprised that Eminem wasn't on the list. Uh, the album just released, but on first listen, to be real, I I wasn't really feeling his flow necessarily, and just the the type of production that he picked, it didn't really. It was too rockish for me. Um, that's not really in my wheelhouse. I do like some rock music, but uh, the the sounds just really didn't work for me. Um, it's kind of the same. I listened to maybe a couple of songs. Sonic, I can't get with it. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't. I can't even really sit down and get with like the, the content of it because production wise, stopping me from doing that. Yeah, the same thing. I gave it. I gave it three solid listens, man. I gave it three solid listens, and it it didn't get better. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, nah, nah, so, I think that was yeah, yeah. So he didn't make the list, but uh, I'll say first. I want to say thank you for uh, for doing this podcast with me and uh, breaking down your top ten list as well as your honorable mentions. Like I said, definitely go check out his article on thesonicbreakdown.com. It's up now. And, um, man, I'm just excited about 2018. Definitely keep rocking with us. Keep listening. Uh, 2018, we're going to have a lot of new things, a lot of different type of uh, segments and shows, and definitely um, uh, more articles and different variety of articles as well. Um, So we have a lot of things in the works. Uh, so definitely check us out. And I want to really sincerely say I appreciate everybody that's listened, downloaded, subscribed, followed, uh, just been really rocking with us. Uh, it means a lot to us. And I can't say enough of a thank you to everybody out there. And we're just going to keep on going. I guess uh, this is uh, the, this is going to be actually the last podcast for 2017. And uh, we'll see y'all in 2018. You know our motto. Live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. We out.